Folks, welcome to Vintage Baseball Reflections. I am Tom, the baseball nostalgia guy, bringing you these treasured pieces. Do you miss the good old days of listening to baseball through radios? It was a classic pastime that stood for decades and shaped how we cherish baseball in our heroes. These stories are from a moment in time that were heard by fans just like you. They are uncut, unfiltered, simply here for you to enjoy. So I just want you to enjoy this reflection on baseball history. From day to DeRocher to dark, it's double play with DeRocher and Day. With their guest Alvin Dark, here's another chapter of Double Play with DeRocher and Day. Welcome to another visit with baseball's most exciting and controversial couple, Lorraine Day and Leo DeRocher, with their guest for today, Alvin Dark. Say, wait just a minute, folks. What was that you just said, Leo? The first thing you know, I was surrounded by soldiers and gendarmes with bayonets. Bayonets? For heaven's sakes, Leo. What, have the umpires formed a protective league? Well, I can't wait to hear the rest of this story, but first, here's another important story. And now back to Double Play with Leo DeRocher and Lorraine Day and their guest, Alvin Dark. A seven lucky day. Hi there. Oh, don't worry, this isn't a gambling game. This is just to point out to you that... I'm here to see that you fans get a square shake from Leo and our baseball guests. You've heard of From Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Well, this time it's From Day to DeRocher to Dark. Alvin Dark, that is, the famous shortstop and captain of the New York Giants. Come on in, Alvin. I have some questions for you. Right there, Alvin. Alvin, most of our fans would like to know exactly what are the duties of a captain of a baseball team. They thought that the manager did most of the bossing on the field. Oh, no. Uh, you know Leo, he very seldom says anything. You oh, know, he's very yeah. quiet. Uh-huh. Thank so you, the captain has to do quite a bit with the New York Giants. In fact, I think his uh, biggest duty is take the scorecard to home plate <laughs> so Leo doesn't have to see the umpire. Oh, I right. think that's the reason he had me go up there. You mean just so he doesn't even have to talk to him? That's right. And, you know, some days he doesn't want to talk to him. Oh, maybe some days they don't want to talk to him. Don't you even go out and help him argue with the umpire? Well, uh, sometime, Lorraine, but you know Leo, he doesn't need any help anyhow. <laughs> Why did you choose Alvin to be the captain of the New York Giants? Why didn't you choose a player that had been with the club a long time? When we acquired Alvin uh, from the Boston Braves, uh, they told me that he was sort of a shy, uh, uh, quiet-type fella, but that he was a great shortstop. And I come up with a, with a brainstorm, if you want to call it that, that if I could uh, get him to argue uh, with an umpire, give him some authority that when there was an argument with an umpire, that he had the right, being the captain of the club, uh, to go in there and argue with an umpire. Naturally, he's not going to beat me to the umpire. Well, exactly what are the duties besides taking the scorecard out of Alvin's set? If I want to make a switch or something in the infield, if I want to move the second baseman over, I'll uh, more than likely holler at Alvin. I'll say, oh, Al, get him over, and I'll motion to the left fielder move over, and Al will move him over. So we sort of... Uh, uh, run the ball club together, and uh, a captain is a very uh, intricate part of the working of a manager's club. I mean, he has to do the small things that a manager may overlook. You know, I think it's very interesting the way that uh, I was in on the trade talk, secondhand, way back, you know, getting it this way when they were trying to acquire you, and I thought it was very interesting the strategy they used, that 
how badly they wanted you, but they would never mention your name. They asked for everybody else because the minute that they would get, mention your name, everybody would freeze up. Isn't that right? No, I know you're wrong there, dear. Uh, I am wrong again. Yeah, you're wrong again. This is one time I have her, Alvin. I'm She's really wrong, wrong here. And he's always got me. No, Can't get rid of I, me. I have you here, though, dear, because right, you really yeah. are wrong there. It was the other way around, dear. Oh, you always mentioned his no, name. No, Alvin was the man that we really wanted. That's and, what I said. Uh, but yes, but we always mentioned his name. We wanted Alvin and mentioned his name, and they wanted to give us Alvin. Stanky was the man that we never mentioned his name. We mentioned fellas that we knew we could not get, keeping Stanky in the background, and all the time, that is the man that we wanted. And eventually, they come around and mentioned his name. And I said, oh, I've had a lot of trouble with that fellow. I don't want him on this ball club. So eventually, we got to the point of where they as they thought, forced Stanky onto us. But in the in the analysis, final analysis, that is the man who we wanted in the deal with Alvin. Alvin we wanted all the time, and they knew it. Yeah, well, I'm glad I finally got that one straightened out. I won't make that that's mistake. That's the first time I've ever won an argument from her, by the way, Al. And right out in public, too, it's embarrassing. Well, Ryan, that's another duty of, the, of a captain. When uh -huh. the team's going bad, Leo gets on the captain first. Oh, he always goes to the captain, then to the other player. That's right. Uh, He's got to take some of the responsibility with the manager. I've got to second-guess somebody. You give it to me at home, i got to give it to him before I get home. You know, you and I, uh, we're together. I really feel sorry for you because the way I get it at home. Alvin, there's a wonderful story that Leo tells. I'd like him to tell you about the spring training in Havana. Have you ever been to Havana? Uh, I've, I've heard about that, Leo. Tell us about the story about President Batista down there. Well, Alvin, it was back in 1941, and... Uh, I was manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, and President Batista, I never will forget it, it was on a Saturday, and the ballpark was jammed, and uh, we were playing the All-Star Cuban Club, and uh, Bill Clem was the umpire at first base, and they had an, uh, an umpire who couldn't speak English behind the plate, and I remember a fellow trying to bunt the ball, and he pushed it between the pitcher and first base, and Whitlow Wyatt was the pitcher, and he stepped off the mound about two yards to pick the ball up, and... The guy who bunted the ball cut right in on the diamond and stepped on his glove. And naturally, Wyatt couldn't feel the ball, and he beat the plate at first base. And Clem wouldn't call him out, and the fellow behind the plate wouldn't call him out. And I got into a big argument with the plate umpire. And I had a little fellow on the bench that was my interpreter named Munchie Diarcos, and I used a lot of choice language and told Munchie to interpret it for me and tell that rockhead what he had done. And Munchie said, oh, no, I can't say those things to him. I said, tell him exactly what I said. So Munchie did... And the umpire took his mask off and took a punch at, you know, started to hit me with it. So I took a punch at him, you know, and the first thing you know, I was surrounded by soldiers and gendarmes with bayonets. And the people all hooting and hollering. And naturally, I'm out of the ball game. Well, Alvin, if you could have seen me that day, it's 600 feet to the clubhouse. And all the way down, I was in the middle and these soldiers with the bayonets were sticking me. Go, go, go. All the way down. And the next day, President Batista sent word to Larry McPhail. He said... That was great yesterday. Have DeRocher do it again today. He thought I was kidding, you know. I was real mad. I wanted to kill that fellow. Well, I'm sure that uh, you won't need any prodding at the points of bayonets to get this point. And now back to double play with DeRocher and Day. Alvin, what was the toughest play you've ever had in baseball? Well, Lorraine, I guess the toughest play is uh, in 1950 when I was sold to the or rather traded to the Giants, and I had to play shortstop for the for the fellow who set the shortstop National League record. I've always been known for making quite a few errors. <laughs> and and uh, Leo never did make too many. And so uh, when I make an error, 
Well, uh, you know, he didn't make that kind, and he can't quite see why I should have made it. Uh, well, what have you got to say about it? Well, that? I can only give you one answer to that, honey. We have a we have a trainer on our club on our ball club named Bowman, and I never will forget. Even when the pennant was real tight, and we were playing those last two games in Boston, this is real funny. It's a true story, isn't it, Al? <laughs> and true. Alvin had made oh, I don't know how many errors the last ten days, two weeks of the season, and finally we're on the Boston bench in Boston on our in the dugout, and it's right opposite first base, and it was a real tight ball game, as you remember. And a ball was hit to Alvin. And he got it in his hand, and the minute he got it and started to turn it loose, that Bowman, my trainer, hollered, Look out, boys, he's got it again. <laughs> That's true, he did holler that, didn't he? Alvin, Kenneth Jackson of Cincinnati wants to know if a shortstop always covers second with left-handed batters at the plate. Well, he must mean with a fellow on first base and left-handed hitter hitting. Yes. Well, no, and I like a pitcher like George Spencer who has a sinker ball and it goes away from a left-handed hitter. He will uh, more apt hit the ball my way than he will to pull it. Therefore, uh, if the hit and run is on, then David Williams will probably cover second base, or who's playing second. But uh, if a pitcher that, that doesn't throw the ball very fast, well, then I'll cover second. Well, then it all depends on who's pitching. That's right, who's pitching and how good a control he has and how hard he throws the ball. Uh, and who's hitting? And the situation of the game, I think, enters into it, too. I mean, what the score is and, uh, and and whether Alvin wants to leave his position or not, leave it open. I think a lot of things enter into a play like well, that. Well, he goes on to say that there are an awful lot of football players in baseball, which we know because you were a great fullback, am I right, or halfback? Halfback. You were a great halfback. Well, I was a halfback. You were a great halfback. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some others, George Spencer, on our team. Who else? That's right, T uh, Ted Klazuski, uh, Frankie Frisch, Lloyd Merriman, and uh, Chapman, and... Uh, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, that's right, and George Spencer, you said. And they're all great, great baseball players. But he wants to know, why are there no great baseball players in football? Well, that, uh, I don't know, that, that's a peculiar question. That's, that's a strange a, thing, It's a strange it? thing, but I'll say one thing. There are no great baseball players in football, but there are some great football players in baseball, as you just called off. And uh, I don't know what the reason for that is. Uh, some people seem to think that football players are muscle-bound and that they can't uh, play uh, baseball adequately. I don't know. Uh, I have seen some fellas that are muscle-bound. But that still doesn't answer Kenneth's question. Well, I guess a, we just don't know. Well, Charlie Tripp, he was a, was a pretty good baseball player, and he's playing football. Yes, and he tried to play baseball, though, and couldn't make it, Alan. And then Sammy Bow was another fella that well, yeah, uh, tried to play with the St. Louis Cardinals, come up as a third baseman, and uh, was with us in St. Petersburg many years ago. But he couldn't make it either as a baseball player, and still he's a great football player. Now, Kenneth goes on to say he wants to know who on the club keeps the books on the opposing pitchers and batters. Do you? No, I definitely don't. Uh, Who does? Well, I, we don't have uh, we don't have anyone in our club that keeps books on the opposing hitters or or batters, as you call them. I mean, uh, that's the job for the manager and the coaches. We're supposed to know the strengths and weaknesses of um, of the opposing players, the same as they know our weaknesses and strengths. And uh, some clubs do keep a book on on what a fellow hits and when he hits, three and two, two and nothing, first ball hitters, and situations of that kind and uh, whether they are good hitters with men on base or not. But uh, we don't do it on the New York Giants Club. Uh, we go along and we uh, assume and feel as though we know the strength of the opposing club. And uh, there are some different uh, type pitchers on your club that pitch differently to the hitters. And uh, it makes a, a whole lot of difference who the pitcher is, in my opinion. Magley will pitch one way. Hearn will pitch another. Jansen will pitch another. 
So it, there's no reason for us to go over it. I say if you can get them out, get them out if you throw your shoe up there. As long as you get them out. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I've got to get you out of this show because the time's up. And it's been a great pleasure having you, Alvin. And I know the fans have enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week, same time, same station. So long. Listening to another chapter of Double Play with baseball's most exciting couple, Lorraine Day and Leo DeRocher. Today, Lorraine and Leo had as their guest Alvin Dark. Join us when again it's time for Double Play with Leo DeRocher and Lorraine Day, plus another big time guest star. Double Play is produced by Marty Martin, directed by Ted Nealon, and is a Marted production. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like 